Good morning, 7 a.m. service. Oh, you guys are lively this morning, huh? I'm loving that. I'm loving that you guys are getting louder because when you guys get loud, it gets me louder and everybody wins when I get loud, right? Because Jesus is in the house. He's given me something to say and I'm going to say it. I say it better when I know that you guys are listening and receiving and appreciating it. And I'm loving that the 7 a.m. early service is getting to be one of the louder services. That's cool. I mean, you guys got to know that. I came yesterday at 5 p.m. service, and 5 p.m. is a good service, too. Like they're, they're getting loud, too. But they're like, you would think that they're more loud because it's like end of a Saturday. Everybody's been up all day. But you guys are actually right now, just that response there is louder than they were. Don't tell them. But you guys are getting loud, and I like that because we're supposed to be. Remember, every day when we wake up, it's another reason to rejoice because this is the day the Lord has made, right? So we wake up every day, not groggy, but going like, okay, physically I'm a little bit groggy, but my spirit inside me, my soul is fired up because Jesus is in my life, right? And so we're excited. I, I wasn't going to say this, but can I just tell you this, is that when you start off your day right with the Lord and fired up and in his presence, no matter how you feel, no matter what, he's got your back, right? And he's going to go before you and favor rests upon your life if you're seeking him. I got to tell you guys this. Okay, here's my confession this morning. I actually got pulled over by a police officer this morning. Okay, here's my confession. I was rushing to get to church because I'm like, I got to make it there in time. I want to greet people. I'm excited. I'm fired up. And oh, there's a blue light. What's going on, Lord? And so on my way up, I was, I was going too fast. And I went, I looked at him, oh, yep, that's, I deserve this one. What am I going to do, you know? I'm blowing it. And so I pulled over, and I just, I grabbed my stuff. And I'm like, you know what, God, this isn't going to slow me down. This is my fault, my bad. But praise God, I'm on my way to church. I don't even care, right? And I, I literally was just like, I'm not going to let this destroy me. If, I, if this is something I earned, whatever, right? So the police officer, hey, you know, you're, yep, I know. I'm so sorry. I'm on my way to church. No excuses. Here's everything you need, right? And the guy's like, oh, oh okay. Right? You know, usually you get the, the sad story or whatever, and I'm like, I, I did this, right? He walks back to his car, he does his thing, and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm still going to rejoice in you, God, no matter what, trials and tribulations. You're in my life. I'm fired up. I'm about to go have a great day with my godly family, so let's do this, you know? Yeah. Give me the ticket, right? And uh, he comes back over and he goes, you know, you got to be careful, accidents, da, da, da. I, I go, I know, I'm totally sorry. It's my fault. And he goes, okay, have a good day. I'm like, wait, where's the ticket? Yeah! Amen! Right? <laughs> and I'm not going to abuse that. I'm not going to abuse that grace and that blessing and freedom. I, I gave instant glory to God. I cranked my music up louder, like pr singing praises to God right there. But God is good, isn't he? And no matter what, you can still rejoice. And God is, this, those are those little things that God just goes, all right, I got you. I see where your heart is at. You know, don't forget that I gave you this one. Okay, God, I, I won't forget that. But uh, God is good. We're going to do something real quick. We've got to introduce um, a few guys on our staff. And um, I see they're all three here today. Um, we have recently promoted some people within our congregation who are stepping up, who are on staff with us, who have accepted staff positions. Now, just so you guys know, whenever we, we bring in uh, new staff positions, we don't go out there looking for people around and hire from the outside in. We look at guys who are giving blood, sweat, and tears to this church. I mean, everybody is volunteers in this church, but there's some guys that are given over and abundant the number of hours and the skill and the expertise, and we're just like, you know, with this, we got to reward them. We need them on the team. They were bringing the skilled experts in. we got to hire these guys, right? And so we've actually just recently hired and promoted three new guys, and I'd like the three of you guys to come forward, and I want to introduce them to you 
Because you're the church family, you're the ones that need to know who these people are in the church, and you might possibly want to go serve on their teams. So can you just welcome these three guys as we bring them up here this morning? And uh, first of all, have you guys been enjoying uh, the level of video production and things that we've been doing with the multimedia? You guys notice the change, right? It's been good? Well, I want you to know that this is the man responsible. This is Justin Salzer. He is our new multimedia producer. Can you guys welcome Justin? It's somewhat of a miracle that he's actually here today because his wife is actually six six days overdue with their second child. So we were not sure if he was going to be here this weekend because at any minute he could be rushing off to the hospital. So we need to just pray that that baby would want to come into this world because that little girl is, I think, too comfortable all up in there. And mom is like, okay, time for you to come, right? So Justin is here, but he is our new multimedia producer. And so I wanted to introduce him so you guys could see his face. And if God's putting on your heart, I'd love to be involved with that, the video editing and the filming. And God's saying, hey, serve me in this way. Come see this man. We're blessed to have him. Secondly, over here is Ren Stockton. And Ren has become our brand new sound director. So can we welcome Ren to the team? All of the stuff that we're trying to do to take this, uh, the whole weekend services to the next level, our collision concerts, everything that we do, the recording albums and all this that has to do with sound and he's actually a part of all the lights, the staging, the video, all of that kind of stuff that goes on into our like sound experience. If it's too loud, go complain to this guy, okay? <laughs> but um, we're, we're really trying to get a new feel. We're moving speakers around. It's really hard, just so you guys know, because sometimes you're like, it's too loud or it's too soft or I can't hear. It's a real struggle working with a building that is only like, what, an eighth of an inch thick? This is a tent, remember, that we're in here? And it's all funky angles and all this stuff. It's real tricky to get a really good sound quality, sound mix in this building. So it is hard. There's some places that are louder and some places that are quieter in this building. And we know that. And we, we apologize. We're doing our best. But we put all the blame now on Ren. So <laughs> that's why we hired him. But Ren, um, he's a professional. He's had a lot of experience in um, other large churches in New Hope and a lot of stuff. And so he brings the skill set that's necessary. And um, Ren, by the way, is only 20 years old. Isn't that cool? So can we just give it up for Ren in that position that he's accepting? It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And finally, you guys may recognize the guy at the end here. This is Lance Lasconia. Uh, you guys know him already. He's been the assistant men's pastor under me for a while. He is actually our building project manager for the next three phases of the building project. We got to build a children's church, a new auditorium, and a multi-purpose youth center. And so Lance is a general contractor. It's all under his license, but also under his supervision to build us the best buildings that we can have and organize all the volunteers and all of that. But we've just promoted him to the new position of official men's pastor of Hope Chapel, Kanyoi Bay. Can we give it up for Lance? Uh, he's, he's got good vision. We're going to start this men's fraternity coming up in the fall here where it's going to be a weekly kind of like service slash small groups for men. That's going to be you come, you get equipped, you get discipled, and then you also get some time together in the small groups and then you go start your week and then you just kind of a one-stop shop. You get the big message, you get the small group accountability, and then you get the rest of your week free. So we're going to change up how we do men's groups and stuff around here. We're going to go to this model of men's fraternity and Lance has some, some big ideas over there. But um, I just wanted you guys to know and to be able to meet and to see who these guys are. They're on our team and I wanted your guys' support because we are all the family 
as we pray for them, as we pray them into their new positions, and as we just kind of hand them over to the Lord. Um, would you guys extend your hands with me as I pray for these guys right now? Lord, we thank you, Father God, for the family of God and how it operates. We thank you for those that are skilled in what they do, that are valuable members of the team. Lord, that have really accepted the responsibility to step up, Lord. And the amazing thing is that they didn't just come looking for jobs. Lord, they earned it. We saw the amount of hours that they were giving as volunteers, Lord, that are above and beyond the call. Their passion for this church and their passion for you. And Lord, we wanted to make sure that we reward that and we bring them onto the team and that we bring the best that we have, Father God, to lead um, in these different ministries in different areas. Lord, I thank you for them. I pray blessings upon their life. Lord, especially upon Justin and his wife, Grace, as they're about to welcome in their second child into this world, Lord. But all of these guys, Lord, that you'd provide for them, that your favor would rest upon them, your blessing would go before them in every area, Lord, that we, the church, would support them. And Lord, if it's, if it's on our heart to serve under them, on their teams, Lord, that you would place that upon us, Father God, that we would grow this church and this ministry through these guys and through all of our team efforts, Father, to win the world to Christ, Lord, that we would all get involved together. We thank you for them. We ask that you bless them, that your favor would rest upon them all the days of their life. And in Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Amen. Is that good? All right, on. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Again. Thanks, guys. Well, that's good. Well, um, we're in the middle of a certain month. Do you guys know what month this is? Vision May. All right. And I love the fact that we are all still wearing our shirts and they're wearing old. And I'm pretty much hoping and praying that the staff is washing them in between services. But uh, we're representing because God has given us new vision. He's given us values for this church to carry us on into the future. I'm excited. We got our wristbands on. I've been seeing pictures of them floating around Facebook and Twitter and all that. I'm loving it. Uh, Uncle Sam right there, he, he said, hey, what about for the big guys like me, the Hulk kind of guys, right? And, and he, he said, that's not going to slow me down. I can't get that thing on my wrist. That's not going to slow me down. You know what he did? He cut it and he glued Velcro on it. So he's got the expandable version of it. That's hardcore. That's vision level three. Wouldn't you guys agree on that one? So give it up for Sam and just look at him right there. I love that. That's, that's buy-in at its finest, and that's what we're all trying to get to, and that's where this church needs to be, because if we're just a church that's just a gathering, we kind of get together, and that's not going to change the world. That's not going to win people to Christ. It's people that are fired up and are going, I'm, I'm down for the cause of Christ no matter what. I'm in it to win it. I got the vision. God is here. He's moving, and I'm a part of something. I'm excited, and that is where we're, we're going. And so this week, on, on the value number three, as we're talking about our vision statement, giving people the best life possible by connecting them to God and his family. We talked about that in the previous weeks already, right? The need to connect to God, the need to connect to God's family. But we're also equipping them to be involved with what he's doing in the world. And that's what we're talking about this week is being equipped to serve. Next week we'll be empowered to win the world. But this week as we're talking about equipping um, to have the best life possible, we need to realize that this is an ongoing thing. And that's what I hope you catch from this sermon today, is that being equipped to serve people is not just something where you come to the level of maturity and you can stop and go, okay, I'm there, it's good. But it's an ongoing process of, as the Bible compares us in many places in Scripture, to trees. There were trees that have our roots that grow down deep that are constantly being nourished and constantly growing. You understand that? It's not like you just plant a tree and then, and then it's just there and it's going it to prosper. It's like the roots have to keep on growing, keep on receiving. That's this equipping process. Psalm 1, 
Verse 3 says it like this. I want you to be thinking today, we're trees, we're trees. I know that's something weird to think about at church. I came to church and the pastor told me I'm a tree. But really, Scripture tells us this. It compares us to trees that are constantly being nourished. Look at Psalm 1-3. It says, the godly, that they're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season without fail. Their leaves never wither, and in all they do, they prosper. And that we need to understand that to be equipped to serve is an ongoing process. And I got a little video clip that I want to show you that actually is our new men's pastor, Lance Lasconia, sharing from his heart just what it means in his life to be equipped to serve. We got that video ready? Let's show that video. Check it out. Hello, Hope Chapel. My name is Lance Lasconia, and I'm the men's pastor, and I am level three. For those of you that don't know, I grew up on the west side. Um, come from a, a broken family. Uh, my parents were divorced at the age of 10. And basically living on my own by the 10th grade. I uh, did a lot of things that I'm not proud of. But just that I'm blessed to be uh, sitting right here. You know, this week is all about being equipped to serve. And I truly believe that our church does a awesome job at that. I first came to Hope Chapel and basically didn't want to do anything. Uh, people asked if I could help and volunteer and I just said, you know, uh, flat out no. Um, I'm just here to, to hear the word and to be fed and, and, and didn't want to do anything. But eventually uh, hooked up with uh, some solid brothers, uh, went to the men's camp. Not long after the camp, uh, I was invited to a men's Bible study. I was kind of hesitant, uh, you know, never was the type of person um, that wanted that, you know, stigmatism of the Jesus freak. You know, although skeptical, uh, I had some good uh, brothers that, you know, uh, I'm the type of person I just like to hang out and, and socialize and, and I mean, everybody knows that. And, you know, slowly um, by just being there, the word just penetrated in, not only to my mind but into my heart and I was truly affected uh, by it. You know, slowly, you know, I just had that eagerness in, in my heart to equip other men outside of our group. Um, was afraid, was a little bit uh, shame. I didn't know how to go about it. But, uh, you know, just, just went by faith and, and, and did it. I have this saying, uh, if you hang around the fire long enough, you're gonna get burned. And if you hang around this church enough, you're gonna be lit on fire. There's so many things you can do from ushering uh, to, to mini churches, to building projects, um, even to go even deep. You know, a lot of people, they hear the word and they, they intake it and, and they wanna go deeper. We have all these different classes. We have uh, Alpha, we have Foundations class. Uh, we have um, all types of classes uh, that would draw you uh, deeper into the Word. I have another saying, and the saying is, we don't just do ministry together, we do life together. And what I mean by that is, you know, as church family, we don't want to just be changed uh, within ourselves or just in the body of Christ. We want to change the world. Um, we start off by, you know, marketplace ministry, you know, just uh, sharing uh, what God has done for us, our biggest testimony, you know, um, um, that'll move mountains uh, and then you can get to the part where our mini church we grew from like six people to like 40 
and and we had to multiply. And uh, you know, in doing that, you know, we we changed our, our community and the, and the world in which we live. We, you know, wiped out graffiti at the skate park. Uh, we uh, picked up rubbish. Uh, we feed the homeless. We help support um, other pastors out there that are, are doing God's will and, and changing lives. And I believe uh, our hands to the plow makes the biggest difference. How many of you guys are blessed to have that man as our men's pastor? Amen? His heart right there. And here's what we're talking about today as we're talking about trees that are, that we're like trees. We're healthy, we're growing, and we're actually producing fruit. There's actually something coming out of our lives that is good, that is blessing the kingdom, that we, a way that we're serving. Is what we're talking about in, in the notes today. Take out your notes, if you will, because when God speaks to you and you get moved by the Holy Spirit and he does something for you, don't leave it at church. Write it down in your notes so you can take it home and remember and, and, and dwell on it. Take it to mini church and share it with people. Hey, this is what God spoke to me this weekend. Huh? What about you guys, right? But take your notes out and look, and this is how we do the equipped to serve what we're talking about today. I believe a, a health, healthy, successful, growing Christian life um, is a process, a process of getting to our head, into our hearts, and out to our hands so that we're serving other people. And that's what we're going to be talking about. That's what Lance mentioned. He said when he first came to church, he didn't want to do anything, just receive. So he's learning, understanding. It's the head process, right? Then it said it, he allowed it to go into his heart, to penetrate into his heart, and it started affecting him. It started bringing about personal change. And because of that, here's what I think is, if it gets into your heart and it's in your heart in a real way, you cannot help but allow it to go to your hands and you serve God and you give back, amen? That it's not something that like, oh, I have to serve. It's like, no, God, what can I do for you? You're real, you've changed my life. How can I give back to you? How can I serve your people? And it's this process of head, heart, hands. Um, and we're going to start right now with looking at what it means to let God and, and who he is and understanding and knowledge come into your head. And I believe that the job of the church starts with us giving people an understanding of God, of us clearly presenting the gospel message and that people would understand that, okay, this is who God is. I understand it. I get it. Then it's up to you to make the choice to let it really get into your heart. But the church has to do a really good job of equipping. Look at Ephesians 4.12. It calls the church to be an equipping organization. It says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. And he talks about the different types of leadership offices. He talks about the apostles. Apostles are those that are sent out, that are basically the ones that go, I am going to start a church or start a ministry. The ones that are out there starting new things because they're being sent out. The prophets, those that speak for God. The evangelists, those are the kind of people that maybe it's some of you sitting in here, you can't help but bring everybody you know into, into the kingdom of heaven, bring them to church. It says the pastors and the teachers. The pastors are those that are shepherding, that care about the needs of people, that are moving them closer to a walk with God. And the teachers, those that are able to take God's word and make it relevant and make it speak and applicable into people's lives. He says their responsibility, the leadership of the church, these people, is to this right here. Look at those words. Equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. That's what we're talking about today, equip to serve. The church's job is to equip, to train, to instruct the members of the body of Christ to get close to God, to take him into their hearts, and to eventually get out there and serve. The, the, the problem is, the only responsibility that I see really of the church is the first part is to really introduce you to God, is to equip you, is to show you what you can do. But then it becomes a personal choice, doesn't it? 
that the church can offer all kinds of good programs and all the stuff that we offer here, you could say, that's good. I'm just going to come every week and receive that. And you fill your head with all the knowledge of the things of the Lord. But if it doesn't get to that second step where it's in your heart, then really it kind of stopped with the head knowledge, right? Wouldn't you guys agree? There's people I know, Christians I know, that for years and years, they take all of the equipping of the church and the Bible studies and the alpha classes and the foundations and the let's do the, the Bible book studies, let's do all of this stuff, and they're just so full of head knowledge, and they can spout out scriptures and all that. The only problem is it stopped at the head knowledge. There's a personal choice when it has to go into the heart. You guys agree on that one? That it can totally just stop where it's at. But it says the church's job is to offer this, offer this understanding and this equipping part in the Lord. Last night, uh, Saturday night service, there was a guy I was preaching to, and there was a guy that was sitting right over here in this area. And I didn't recognize his face, and he was new. And I saw him just kind of sitting there and he was just listening. You could see him kind of, kind of opening up and kind of letting that stuff in. And everybody else, you could tell their faces, they're listening, they're attentive. But one guy was like a little bit, you could tell he was a little distant. It was new. And after the service, I talked to uh, Glenn Krauss, one of our leaders in the service. And he came and he goes, hey, I talked to that guy. Did you notice that guy? Yeah, I noticed that guy. He goes, you know, he said tonight that he's been coming because of his father or for whatever reason. And he's never really come to this church. It was his second week there. He came from the mainland. He's only supposed to be here for two weeks, but he stayed longer. And I was like, yeah, I could tell. He, he seemed like he wasn't super in, connected, but he, I, I saw that he was listening. He goes, you know what he told me? He said that tonight in this service was the first time in any church in his life where he connected with God and he understood what God was all about. And you know what that did for me? That just like inside, I was like, yes. Because that is the whole mission of the church is to equip people and to give them the knowledge of Jesus Christ and give them an understanding of God. But now it's up to him if he's going to actually let it sink into his heart. But my understanding is that the Bible says that the church's job is to equip people and is to give you a full basic understanding of who God is, that you would know how good he is, that you'd know that salvation comes only through surrender and repentance. It's my job to deliver this, to deliver this message. And that guy, he started to get it. So I was excited about that. Here's what it, it says as far as the main way that we do this, because I want you to understand that we don't have any tricks that we've learned or anything special. Our main way of letting people know about the goodness of God and equipping them in, in the Lord is this, the word of God. Amen? That we're a church that preaches the Bible. We're a church that when it comes to Alpha or foundations or women's ministry or men's ministry, it all has to come back to the Bible because that's the only foundation that we got. Here's what 2 Timothy 3.16 says. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it, the word of God, to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. How many of you guys know that, have you ever played sports? Anybody in here ever played sports before? I hope we all have, right? So, come on, guys. You've, you've played sports before, right? If not, I'm going to have to call you lazy and tell you, go turn off your TVs, get off the couch, and go do something with your life, right? But we've all played sports at one time or another. But we know that if you're playing sports and you want to win the game, what's most important is you have to understand the rules, Right? You can be the greatest natural athlete and have the greatest ability and want to work with teamwork and everything, but if you don't really understand the rules of the game, you're not going to score any points, right? You're going to throw the ball in the wrong direction. The other team's going to score. You're not going to win the game. You guys ever watched um, little kids play soccer? I'm talking about the, like the five and under kids. You guys you know what I'm talking about? What do they call it when the like three and four-year-olds play soccer? What is the term they call it? 
Magnet ball. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Some of you guys are, what does that mean? It basically means it looks like the ball is a magnet, and both sides of the team, they're just running around. There's just a little group of kids, right? And they're just, I mean, there's no strategy, there's no skill, there's no passing. It's like, hopefully every kid just kicks that ball, right? And so it's just magnet ball going around the field, and literally sometimes it goes right off the field into the next game over there, right? And then it comes right back onto the field. The, the parents and coaches are like, no, this way, guys, over here, right? You know, trying to block them. The kids don't care. They're just after that ball, right? They don't really know the rules at that age, and we let them do it. But imagine if you brought that to professional soccer. Imagine if you played magnet ball. It wouldn't work, right? You make up your own rules, and you just get to go kick it off sides. You know, you're off out of the boundaries and all of this. And what if you're going, you know what? That guy kicked it. He was right next to the goal. Oh, that's good. He scored a point. But my kick was from super far away. I should deserve 10 points for mine. You can't make up your own rules and stuff, right? Here it is with the Bible. And here's why we believe equipping starts in the Word of God. The Bible is God's rule book for life. It's God's foundation. It's his guidelines. I don't want you to look at it like rules like negative religion. But basically, this is the foundation on which we stand. And if this church isn't about equipping you in the word of God, then we're making up our own rules. Then we're just trying to play magnet ball, right? That we got to understand that the word of God is our foundation. And everything we do around here, all of our Bible studies, all of the teaching we do, everything that we do has to come back to pointing you to the word of God. So that's the foundation. That's the first thing. That's where, if we're looking at ourselves as trees again, right? That's where we begin to plant the seed. The church is trying to plant the seed in you and trying to nourish the soil the best we can. But we know that the best that we can do doesn't mean anything unless you actually receive the equipping. Amen? Unless you're sitting here right now going, I'm listening to this guy and I'm looking in the word of God and this is going to do something in my life. If you're not willing to accept that, then it stays in the head, and there's a lot of Christians that just keep it in the head, and unfortunately, they're not living productive, fruitful lives like God is calling us to. We want to make sure that it goes beyond the head and gets into our hearts so it affects change, because really, that's what God is after. He's after our hearts, isn't he? He's not, he is not concerned with numbers in the church of people that know about him. He's concerned with people that know him intimately, and he knows them. Look what it says in Isaiah 29, 13. And so the Lord says, <clears throat> these people say they are mine, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. God can tell the difference, right? We can give lip service all we want. We can look good to everybody else in our lives. I'm a good Christian, really. God's going, do I have your heart? Has it connected into your life to the point where you're getting equipped so that you're in it, that you own it, that you're saying, it's, I'm going to allow it to change my life. When I was 14 years old, I had this experience. I was raised as a pastor's kid, right? I went to church my whole life, and I could say that it was clearly, the Word of God was clearly in my head. I had all the Bible stories memorized. I could go around and I could quote scriptures, you know, as a young teenager and all of that. It was really clearly, definitely in my head, but it wasn't really that much in my heart, to be honest. As a lot of pastor's kids can tell you, is like you go to church because you have to, because you grew up in the household. A lot of pastor's kids, if they don't get it right, they turn away and they rebel against God all the days of their life. Right? So uh, what I see with pastor's kids is you're either running away because you hated it, you felt it was forced on you, or you learned to fully embrace it. There's like not many pastor's kids that are kind of in the neutral zone. It's kind of a, a big contrast. But when I was 14 years old, I went to this youth camp, and I remember that this was the camp that changed everything for me. This was the camp where God came into my heart, where I let go of my heart, I opened it up, and I said, God, it's not lip service anymore. Here, here I am. Change me. Because I was sitting at that camp, and I remember we were worshiping, and it was me and Pastor Tom and like a couple other kids, 
and we're just young teenagers and we're getting into worship and basically I knew all the words because it was all in the head, right? Memorized every word, I closed my eyes and I didn't need to. I was just kind of going along with the program because it was the right thing to do. And I remember we're all sitting there and our arms are around each other and we're just singing and you know, we're kind of pressing in deeper to God and all of a sudden I just felt what felt like electricity go through my body. And I went, whoa, and I looked and the guy's next to me and Tom too, he's just like, what was that, what was that? I don't know, man. I think it was God. Oh, we better get into this, right? And we just knew something had sparked, and we're like, that was the Holy Spirit in our lives. But beyond just that little electrical feel, something actually changed in me, and actually, actually Pastor Tom, too, he'll tell you the same, is we really fully embraced Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives, and it got into our hearts, and from that moment on, there was no looking back. We knew that this is affecting life change at this point, and this is what God is after. He's after us fully giving our hearts that we would get planted and we just, something in me changed, and I can't explain it. But from that moment on, I personally owned my Christianity. I never went another day to church because my parents made me. I went because I wanted to be there. And then I got involved, and we were, we were volunteering at the office, and we're volunteering in our, our youth ministry, and we're doing all this and making teenage mistakes along the way, but still our hearts were in it for Jesus Christ. Look at what Colossians 2.6 said, because I want to get back to that thing I was talking to you about, that we are trees. This is really cool. Colossians 2.6 and 7. It says, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, here's the key word to underline, you must continue to follow him. It's not enough that you prayed some prayer one day and you said, oh, God, be the Lord of my life. That's it. That's done. No, real equipping means you are constantly continuing to grow in the Lord. You continue to follow him. Look at verse 7. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. I want you guys to understand that we must stay rooted in Jesus Christ if we're to continue growing in our Christian lives. You have to stay rooted. You have to stay connected. Your lives are built on him and you continue growing. It is not enough to say, I've been going to church this long. I prayed the prayer. I'm at a maturity level. I'm good enough. Uh, I don't really need to dig too deep because it's all here. Well, if you're there, it's all in your head. But when you let it get into your heart, it's because you're rooted in Christ. Let me talk to you guys a few minutes about trees. Because I started reading about trees and these verses and how it says, stay rooted. And that we're like trees planted by the, the river and our, our leaves will never wither and we're going to keep producing fruit. And I thought, okay, that's a cool image. I want to think of myself as a tree. What kind of tree would I want to be if God is calling me to be a tree? And you know what tree I found out is the super tree of all trees? The redwood tree. Anybody heard about redwood trees before? I'm going to give you some redwood facts right now, whether you like it or not, because I got excited when God says, you're a tree. And I said, well, what tree can I be? And I looked and I found out these redwood trees, these are the super trees among all trees. Let me read you some facts about redwoods, and we're going to talk about how it relates to our life. Redwood trees live between 400 and 2,500 years old. Just that alone is crazy. To think that there's trees on this earth that are growing still to this day that were around when Jesus Christ walked this planet. Isn't that heavy to think about? Oh my gosh, there's trees that are that old. The redwood trees are the largest living organisms on planet Earth. Bigger than anything, the largest living things are these redwood trees. They can grow to over 375 feet tall, which is actually, to put it in perspective, taller than from ground level pedestal to the very tip of the Statue of Liberty's torch. There's trees that are taller than the Statue of Liberty. Come on, guys, get excited. This is cool, right? <laughs> this is interesting. I wish I was this excited back when I was in high school. My teachers would have been like, finally, Carl, right? But now, I'm excited about redwoods. Why? Because the Bible says I'm a tree, and I want to kind of picture in my head, what is that supposed to look like? 
This is unreal. These things are taller than the Statue of Liberty's torch. They're wider around than a Greyhound bus. Can I show you a couple pictures of Redwoods just to kind of get in your mind? Let's show a couple of these pictures here. Let me see the first picture about the Redwoods. Look how tall these things are. Look at where the road is down here. Do you, can you guys actually see the lady that's standing there, that little pink dot? That's a full-scale human being, unless she's like a midget dwarf or something, but she's a normal-sized lady. But look at how big those trees are. It doesn't even fit in the picture of the camera. That's unreal. Show the next one. This is how big and how wide. This is actually a tree in the redwood forest that they've made a tunnel out of, and that van just actually drove through the side of that tree. That's how big they get. Isn't that cool? That's cool. Come on. That's cool. That's cool. Okay, show the next one how big they get. This is a group of literal tree huggers. Hugging a tree. Do you see that right there? That's where the term comes from. But look at how many tree huggers we can fit around these trees. These trees are amazing. And God is saying, you are like a healthy, thriving tree. And I went, I want to be a redwood tree, God. I want to be these super trees. It says, and here's an interesting fact about redwoods. The redwoods are found only in the foggy coasts of Northern California, Sierra Nevada mountains, and one remote valley in China. They're only found in three places in the entire world. And it says, they can grow anywhere. You could take one and you can try to grow one in your yard. They can grow just about anywhere. But for them to be as massive and fruitful and growing and strong as they can really get to be, like 375 feet tall, they need to have this fog around them that nourishes them. The reason why is because their roots are in the soil and they suck up the water and the moisture to feed the tree. But when they grow so tall, the moisture has a hard time getting all the way to the very top. So they need this fog that brings moisture in the air that the leaves up high can absorb the moisture and they can grow stronger. And they need to have temperatures between the 50s and 60s for them to grow perfectly, to have perfect nourishment. And as we're talking about this equipping right now, we need to understand if we're trees that need to grow healthy and strong and be fruitful, we need to have proper nourishment, don't we? And what we are talking about here is we need the word of God. We need to be rooted in Jesus Christ. When Colossians says that we continue to follow him and our roots grow down deep into him, for us to flourish and be, be fruitful all the days of our lives, you better make sure your roots stay in Jesus Christ. You better make sure that you don't just come to church out of habit, obligation, or religion, but that you're constantly feeding and growing and saying, if I want to be as massive as a redwood tree because the Bible tells me I'm a tree, then I got to stay rooted in Jesus Christ. Amen? You guys get that? Well, that's, that's a clear value that we got to talk about. To be equipped in Jesus Christ means your roots stay down deep in him. Here's a, here's a few more facts about the redwood trees because I am loving the redwood trees. It's like my new subject of interest right now. Redwood trees have the ability to overcome all kinds of obstacles. If the ground level rises due to floods, because sometimes, think about this, sometimes a tree will be planted, floods will come alongside, and they'll bring in all this silt and this dirt, and they'll bring in all of this mud and stuff, then the floods reside, and all of these new layers of feet of mud are built up around the tree, a normal tree would be smothered, right? Because the roots are down here, they need to be kind of close to the surface, but then all of this new silt and mud comes a long time, and it's going to suffocate and, and, and smother that tree. Well, not the redwood tree. Let me tell you what happens. If the ground levels rise from floods, new lateral root systems grow so they won't be smothered. In fact, they discovered a tree that was 1,200 years old, that the ground level had risen over that time 30 feet, which would be smothering and suffocating for any normal tree. They found seven different lateral root systems on this tree because the redwood continued to grow and overcame the obstacle. Do you guys get a picture of what's going on here? Is that the ground level rises up around and the roots are too deep now, they're supposed to be higher, and so the redwood tree goes, you know what, I'm just gonna grow new roots. And so, whoop, grows new roots. The ground level rises again, whoop, 
overcomes the obstacles. Isn't that cool? These redwood trees are built to overcome. I love this. Listen to this. If a landslide occurs and the side of the tree is like exposed, like say the tree's here and a landslide occurs, guess what the redwood tree does? It accelerates the growth of the roots on the downhill side and it builds its own kind of buttress, its own kickstand to say, I'm not tipping over, right? No, nice try, landslide. I'm growing still, right? Do you, did you guys get the picture of how amazing these super trees are? This is us when God says, you're going to be like trees that overcome any of these obstacles. I love this. This is like a really cool picture for me. It says, what about fire? How many of you guys think fire can wipe out red, redwood trees, right? It's wood, right? It should burn. Well, listen, what happens if fire occurs? If fire occurs, the bark that these redwood trees grow is up to one foot thick. And the bark, when the fire comes, it actually gets charred and it turns into a built-in heat shield to protect the rest of the tree. Isn't that cool? Even fire can't touch a redwood tree. This, come on, guys. This is exciting stuff. This is, I, I want to grow one in my yard just because I'm so excited about these things. Not only fire resistant, they're insect resistant. Ants and termites that destroy our houses, we know that, right? You build from re redwood, they don't even like the taste. They won't invade. Redwood trees are insect resistant. This is really getting cool. They're resistant to water rot for thousands of years. Any normal wood, you put it in water, it rots, it melts, it goes away. They've dug wells into places near rivers and stuff, and they're looking for water, and they run into a redwood tree that's submerged in water for literally hundreds and, and, and thousands of years, a couple thousand years old. They get this tree, they pull it up out of the way. It's been under moist soil in water, basically, for a couple thousand years. They pull it up, the wood is as good as new. It's resistant. They could build a house with it. They could go and chop lumber with this thing. This is amazing. The redwood trees have no known killing disease. Isn't that cool? These things can just keep on going and going and going. Here's the point that, I'm, that I want you to realize. If God calls us trees and we're rooted in him and we get our strength from him, then we can overcome any obstacle in life. Isn't that cool? That no matter if the fire, the disease, the, the whatever is coming at you, sin, temptation, you know, thoughts of anger, thoughts of depression, whatever. If you're rooted and equipped in Christ, this is why it's so key. This is why we make a big deal that it's number three value. We gotta be equipped. If our roots are in Jesus Christ and our foundation is built on him, then whatever the obstacle that comes along, the enemy shoots the fiery darts at you, you know what happens? One foot thick shield turns into a heat shield, right? The bark right there. That we have this in our lives. This is exciting. If we're spiritually equipped, we can overcome any obstacle. But I wanna tell you guys this. It's not about the seed that's planted in a tree that's in the ground in there, and that's good enough. It's about a growing, healthy tree that is ongoing in a relationship with Jesus Christ for us to defend these things. It's not enough to say, well, the little sapling tree, they're good enough. No, it takes time to build up that thick bark, to build up that resistance, to get those roots growing strong in our lives. So this is why we're saying continually be equipped. Here's what I would say if you're a person that's going, okay, how do I get it from the head to my heart because I want to really be equipped? Make sure you have a strong prayer life. That's one. Prayer life, make sure that in any relationship, you need communication. Make sure you have a strong prayer life. Every day, you're talking to God. You're digging your, your roots into him. He's speaking to you. He's nourishing you. Make sure you're in the word of God as much as possible. Think about how much time we waste on TV, reading newspapers and books and magazines, and the word of God, which is more powerful than any magazine or TV show, is sitting right there untouched. We need to tap into that thing. We need to get our roots into it. We got to be in the word of God. We have to be. One of the ways to open up your heart is open your heart to God, but open your heart to other people. Last week, we talked about connecting to God's family. Maybe there's stuff going on in your life where you're feeling like you're all alone and you're owning this stuff, and you're going, well, God, here, take some of it. 
Another way you can get rid of that is get those relationships through mini church. Find Christian friends that you can say, I'm sick of carrying this baggage. Remember you saw that video up there about the baggage? I'm sick of carrying this baggage alone. Can I just tell you, here's what's going on in my life. I have some hurts. I have some stuff I've been carrying. Can I open up to you? And the brothers and sisters come along and they go, yeah, we got you. We'll point you to God. We'll get this thing done together. This is when it goes beyond the head and it gets into our hearts. We'd find a mentor, someone to start speaking into our life. We start actually letting it affect our life. We start changing bad habits. We start getting rid of sin. We start confessing the things that we've done that are hurting us. And we, we come to church and we dive into worship. There's a way that it really affects our heart. We're not here like me at 14 years old just singing the songs because I know them all and they're fun songs and I'm clapping along. But we start realizing, no, this is for me to worship the almighty living God. And here's my whole heart and my soul and my life. Take it, God. You guys understand the difference of head knowledge to going into, this is my heart. My heart is in this thing. Start praying, start fasting, start tithing. There's an action that says, God, you've changed me enough that I'm going to take action. Here's 10% of everything. I'm giving it to your cause and to your kingdom. This is next level. This is the heart. This is going to that class. Everyone plays that you saw up there to say like, oh, I know that's available, but going and going, what, what am I good at? What could God do in me? How can I get equipped? Because my heart's sold out for you, God. Show me. Go to this class. Get equipped. Understand what it is, how you can give back to him. But all these things, take it to the heart level. But what we understand most of all is it's got to go to the hands level. Otherwise, there's no proof that it's even in the heart. See, when it gets to our hands and we learn to serve, because there's a lot of ministries that I've come across that are good, probably even better than us at equipping, really, that are about discipling people. But if you're not discipling for the purpose of those people to then go and make other disciples or to serve or to give back to God, then all that's happening is it's stopping at the, the head and the heart. And people are going, yeah, I'm filled with God. and It's changing my life. But if you're not to the point where actually it's hitting your hands and you're blessing other people, then where's the proof in your life that it really is stirring you up? You guys get what I'm trying to say? I'm not trying to diss or, or hate on any other ministry. I'm just saying, we have to be careful because if we're in the right relationship with God where we're loving him and embracing him and accepting all he's doing, we, sh we shouldn't be able to be held down from serving him and from doing other things, right? It's not that we have to serve, it's that we want to serve. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8 says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought. We talked about that. But then it says this, their leaves stay green and they go right on producing delicious fruit. You know what that tells me is no matter what, if I am in the Lord and I've accepted him into my heart and my roots are growing deep and I'm getting equipped, then there's no holding me back. I'm going to go right on producing fruit no matter what happens in my life. Here's the lesson we learned from, again, the redwood tree. You guys ready for some more pack? Some facts about the redwoods? Check this out. The redwood tree, if knocked over, and it falls down, you know, for some reason, it gets knocked over, heavy winds or whatever, and you think, oh, poor tree, it's gone. Well, here's what happens. The branches that are sticking up out of the sides of the redwood tree, they'll start shooting up, and they'll keep on growing, and they'll grow brand new trees. Because the trunk got knocked down, they'll continue to grow. That's pretty cool. That's overcoming, right? Look at this picture that I have that shows a very picture of this. You see that trunk of that, that tree that fell over? If you look closely, there's three brand new trees that are growing out of one that got knocked down. You know what this says? That it says, their leaves stay green, they go right on producing delicious fruit. No matter what happens to us, if our roots are deep, that we're gonna continue to serve God, you can't hold me down from serving my God because he's growing in my life, amen? 
that if we're to be the Christians that God called us to be, we're going to be fruitful no matter what the cause, no matter what happens. If a redwood tree gets actually chopped off and it's just a stump, it gets cut or a, a, a fire is so strong that it actually consumes it all the way down to ground level, if it's cut or burned down, the roots, because they're deep and they're growing and getting nourished, are able to reproduce brand new trees. The roots will grow out of the sides of that stump and they will grow into new trees forming a perfect circle around that stump. And let me show you a picture of that. We actually got a picture of that. How cool is that? You see the guy standing right there? You see that circle of trees? What happened there is a redwood tree got chopped off and everybody thinks it's over for that tree. Well, the roots were so strong, it basically said, oh no, you can't keep me down. I'm a redwood, right? You can't keep me down. I'm a Christian that is fruitful. I'm gonna go on producing fruit no matter if it looks like my world just fell apart and I lost a relationship or I lost my job or I ran into financial difficulties or I'm going through this or I'm going through that. There's sometimes in our life, hear me on this one, where pruning is necessary for new growth. There's times when we got to realize if I'm equipped and my roots are going deep into Jesus Christ, even if it looks like my life's over, chopped off at the stump, you know what happens? I'm still planted in Jesus. You can't hold me down. I'm going to keep on producing fruit. And sometimes God is saying the pruning is necessary because if I chop down one tree or one tree falls over, I can bring new growth so that now there's 10, 15 times the amount of growth in your life. Do you believe that in your life? You need to believe that as Christians because this is the hope that we hold on to in Jesus Christ. Even if we're chopped off at our base and our world seems to fall apart, hey, if you're rooted in Christ, you cannot be held down because God is gonna continue to use you to be fruitful. I love this stuff. There's, there's burls that these trees grow. You guys ever seen the burls on the sides of the tree? We got a picture of what the burls are, the big knots, the big protrusions that grow out of the side of the tree. You're like, what is that for? Well, it says that the burls on a tree don't grow any further than those lumps due to the chemicals in the tree that kind of keep them at bay. You can grow, but that's it. That's all you're going to do right there. But if the tree actually dies, it falls over or something, or it gets stressed because of a massive fire, then what happens is those burls know, oh, it's time to regenerate, to grow, and they can grow and bring out new trees, brand new trees, just because they knew when it was time. And this is the picture is that even when we feel like life has, has worked us over and we're stressed and we're beaten, God has created a way, if we're rooted in him, for, for us to bring about new growth in our lives, that we can't help but serve him. Here's a verse, Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. If we're rooted in Christ and it's in our head and it's in our hearts, then God expects it's gonna get to our hands. And it's not like, oh, I have to do work. It's like, I can't help it, God. You're so good in my life. How can I give back? How can I bless you? How can I serve? We're expected to serve God with our lives. Here's what I want you to write in your notes. Faith requires action. We know that from reading James, don't we? That faith without works is dead. And it's the same with Jesus. If you're a healthy tree, you should be fruitful. Nothing can slow you down. You're gonna just keep on bringing out new growth in your life and in the lives of those around you that we're supposed to serve one another. Here's the verse in Isaiah 58, verses six to seven. God says, here's the kind of worship that I want out of your life. This is the kind of fasting that I want, that you would free those who are wrongly imprisoned that you'd lighten the burden of those who work for you, that you'd let the oppressed go free and you'd remove the chains that bind people. You share your food with the hungry, give shelter to the homeless, give clothes to those who need them, do not hide from relatives who need your help. Again, scripture is saying, if you're really mine, if you're really rooted in Christ, then you should be doing something. It should show in your actions, that you should be excited to bless other people. Mark 10, 45 says, for even the son of man, Jesus himself, came not to be served, but to serve others. 
You realize that this thing we call Christianity really is a two-way relationship. It's not a one-way relationship. It's not that we just receive from God, but God says, what are you doing for me? Aren't we partners in this thing? Haven't I moved in your life? It's just like a marriage. You guys understand in marriage, to have the healthiest marriage possible, it needs to be two people serving one another. You guys agree on that? Some of you guys are going, oh, that's not my marriage, Pastor Carl. Well, you know what? We'll work on that. We're here to equip you, right? We'll get you into love life. We'll do whatever it takes. We'll partner because that's the kind of marriages that God really wants. But to have a healthy marriage, it's man and wife serving each other, right? I know that because my wife is so cool to me in the way that she serves me. She cooks for me. She buys me fast food sometimes when she doesn't know how to cook, and that's, that's okay as long as I'm getting fed, right? She serves me. She loves me. She sends me texts all day long. She sent me a text the other day. They got me actually choked up. She's just saying how much she loves me and is proud of me, and she's like, basically, it was like a text that said something like, I got your back. Anybody comes against you, I'll lick them. I was like, oh, yeah, and I was like kind of tearing up a little bit, like, oh, my wife is so good, you know? I was so blessed by that text because my wife is my biggest fan and she supports me and she serves me and everything. And in return, that causes me, I can't help but not want to go, let's go shopping, babe. Let's go out to dinner. Let's have date nights. Let me, you know what? I'll be a texter. I'll be a talkative person. I'm a guy. I don't like to talk too much. But you know what? For you, I will call you all day long. I will text you because you do so much for me, right? I will let you, when I step out of the shower and I'm brushing my teeth, I will let you come and pop the pimples on my back, even though it hurts so bad. Ah, I love you, babe. That one's for you, right? We let, we let him do all kinds of stuff like that. I let her cook for me, you know? And it's like, as challenging as that is, it's all for love. Yeah, I love you, right? And the stuff she puts up with me, she goes to my movies where there's this more shooting and action and fighting and sci-fi than she would care to watch for that night, right? She, she watched that Avatar movie with me, you know, the really cool blue people one. And she's like, I don't get it. Why are these people blue? This is dumb, right? But she went and she sat through it with me. Why? Because she loves me. But you guys understand that a healthy marriage is two people serving one another mutually. And here's God saying, I love you enough to put my son on the cross for you. I love you enough to listen to your whining complaints and prayers every day. And I love you anyway, and I give you the stuff you don't deserve. I love you. I build up your life. I, when it feels like life got chopped off at the stump, I will produce new growth in your life because I love you. What are you doing for me? Right? And it shouldn't be like, oh, because we owe it to him. It should be because we're just like, I can't help but want to love you, right? My wife does all this for me. I can't help but want to bless her in return. And this is the the feeling of we want to be equipped in things of the Lord, but we're equipped for a purpose, and that's to take action and to serve, to give back to God, to give back to his family, to give back to his kids. Because how many of you guys know as a parent, if someone blesses your kids, you yourself are being blessed, right? And so when we serve one another in the church and, and in the community, God is blessed because we're serving his kids, we're blessing his kids, so he's blessed in return. So there's this picture that we have to be equipped so that we can actually step out in faith and we can serve. First Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. We have a saying in this church that says this, every member in this church is a minister. Every member is a minister. That means, because literally the word minister means servant. And so really it's not like, oh, Pastor Carl and the staff, they're the ministers of the church because they have a pastor's license. No, it's basically saying all of us as Christians are expected to serve one another. And we're going to push this thing, that we're all getting equipped so that we can be a blessing to this world, so that we can serve God, that we're going to take action because faith requires action. And I can't help but give back to my God who loves me so much. Amen? Don't you feel that way someday? Like Allah was saying this morning, there's times you're just in the car and you're just resting in his presence and you're just going, man, God loves me. This is so good. God loves me. 
How can Ka'ala not want to come here and lead us into praise to serve his God by leading us into worship because he sits in his car and goes, God loves me, how can I love him back? How can I give back to him? And there's many different ways that you can serve, but do something, guys. Get involved somehow. Maybe it's just taking me here this morning. You're ready. You're ready to serve. You just don't know how. You don't know what to do. And it's maybe today God is speaking through Pastor Carl to tell you, okay, here, take that first step. Get involved. Do something. You don't have to be a pastor. Be an usher. You know, pick up rubbish around here. Check out this. See this card in your seat back in front of you right there? See this volunteer card? Take this one out right now. Take a look at that one. It should be back there. Hopefully we got a bunch of them. But look at this. If you're sitting here going, you know what? I want to take that step. I do want to know that I want God to know that I love them. I want people to know that I'm here to serve them. Well, we've given you a little simple card that we always have. It's not just for this weekend. That basically just says, if you're looking for a way to serve God, here's some suggestions. You don't have to do this at all. We would be blessed as a church. Our church would grow if you do. But you don't have to do this. Maybe God's calling you to serve in some other way. But take this out and go, you know what? I could totally help with that. I'm, I'm totally young-minded. I could help out with the junior hires. Oh, I'd love to get on the men's team. I love that guy, Lance. He's awesome. How do I help him out and serve at events? How do I get in the multimedia? You know what I found that's really cool this morning? This is what I discovered. I walked back to the soundboard, and I was getting mic'd up, and I met a new friend back there. My friend Pomai is back there. Is he still back there? He's 13 years old, and he's getting trained on the soundboard. Isn't that cool? He's stepping up. He's serving God. He's serving his church, and he's getting trained on the sound system back there. And I thought, that is cool. That's inspiring. 13-year-olds get it from the head to the heart to the hands. What about the rest of us? That's awesome. And I'm so stoked that young generation is coming back there, and they're going, I'm, I'm here to serve God because I love God. Are you guys a little bit convicted? I hope you are. A 13-year-old is showing you up today. Maybe some of you guys are going, oh, I haven't been doing anything. Well, God's going, you love me? Come on, get in the game. It's fun. It's cool. Because here's the amazing thing about serving and stepping out. And if you want to fill these cards out, I encourage it. Please do. We'll collect them in the back, the ushers or whatever. But get involved somehow in your church. But here's the cool thing about volunteering. You don't have to go it alone. It doesn't have to be a scary step. Because my final fact about redwood trees, you ready for one more? Last one. The final cool thing about redwood trees that makes them so fruitful and grow so strong and get so big and do all that they do, the thing is, their roots do not grow very deep. Their roots grow out laterally. But here's the thing. They all grow together, and their roots intermingle and intertwine together to keep them strong. That for redwood trees to flourish and grow, you will never find a redwood tree growing anywhere by itself and growing to that size and that fruitfulness, that the most fruitful and strong redwood trees are always together. Why? Because their roots are intermingled and they're holding each other up. Just like that picture with the circle right there, the reason that they get so healthy is they're together. And here's what I want you to realize. We at Hope Chapel preach a message that says, you need to be equipped. You need to be growing in the Lord. But the amazing thing is we're a family here and we do it together. And you don't have to feel like you're stepping out in faith or serving all alone. You get together with mini church. You get together with other people, and you realize there's strength in numbers. God, we are an army. We can make a difference. We can change the world. We can serve you if we do it together. Isn't that a good word? Isn't that encouraging? Don't you just have a newfound love for the redwood trees? You know you do. Come on. It's my, I can't wait to grow one in my yard. I don't know why, but I guess I got to grow like a few of them, right? So they have family and whatever. But, but I really am just encouraging you guys Whatever level you're at, challenge yourself to go to the next level. Maybe you're here and it's just been kind of head stuff, and that's good. You know about God. It's time to let him into your heart, start, start making those real personal changes. And if you're there already and you're experiencing God, well, then why not take it to the next level to say, God, here's how it goes in my hands. This is how I give back. Look at the challenge I put in your notes. I hope you take this challenge seriously. 
Because every week I'm trying to challenge you here. The challenge is do something to move to the next level this week. Something to move it from your head, which is knowledge, to your heart, which is the personal relationship, to your hands where you're actually serving God and you're serving others. And to actually have accountability that you're going to do that, because I hope you're a church that actually is moved to action every time you hear the word of God preached. It's not just head knowledge again. But to challenge your accountability, go to mini church this week and talk about what God put on your heart to move you to the next level. You know what? I heard that word, and I want to sign up to help pull my back there at the soundboard, right? Or maybe God's going, hey, you need to go deeper. It's time for you to forgive someone. It's a heart issue. You need to give God control of your heart. Whatever level you're at, you can always go higher. No matter if you already feel like I'm at the serving level. Well, guess what? I feel like that sometimes. I'm a pastor. My whole life is given. I already got the, the head, the heart, and the hands. I'm doing it. And God always convicts me, and he goes, you could give more. Come on. How much do you love me? What did I do for you? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that thing on the cross. That's pretty heavy. Uh, yeah, how can I repay you, right? God, I want to do more. And I always am getting challenged to do more. In fact, a few weeks ago when we did the whole Compassion Weekend, I was stretched, and God pushed me, and I realized I could serve God more. I'm a pastor. I do all this stuff I did. So my wife and I sponsored five kids, and we're like going, oh, that's a step of faith. But you know what? It's for God, and God's in it. And when it feels like it's a struggle, I can overcome all obstacles if I'm rooted in Christ and I'm able to serve other people. You guys get where I'm going with this stuff? I, I dare you to take up that challenge to go to the next level this week. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word, Lord, that is our foundation in life. Lord, I thank you for the word picture that you've given us as trees, Lord. And I thank you that you've created the redwood trees, Lord, specifically for us that kind of compare our lives in Christ to the redwoods and what they do with their root systems and how big they grow. Lord, I, I, I want to be a Christian that loves you full on, 100%. Lord, that is not just taking in and receiving from you and being equipped, but Lord, that I'm giving back to you on a regular basis, that I'm serving your body, your people. Lord, that I'm, I'm growing, I'm fruitful all the days of my life. And no matter what happens, if I, I run through the things that feel like my life gets chopped out from under me, Lord, I'm going to continue to serve you and to produce fruit. And I know that you're capable of bringing new growth in my life. And that, Lord, sometimes even that pruning is necessary. So, Lord, I embrace this word today. Lord, we do as a church. Lord, we want to be equipped to serve you, to go bigger, to go beyond where we're at this day. In our personal lives, in our church, in the lives of the people around us, Lord, we want to be those healthy, thriving trees. And as we pray all this, there may be people here this morning you may be here this morning and you've never really entered into that true relationship with Jesus Christ. You've never even made the first step really and honestly to connect with God. That you're sitting here today and you like what you hear and you want the blessings in life and you want God to use you and it sounds really good, but you're going, where do I start? How do I get into this stuff? Well, I'm here right now to answer that question for you. That I could lead you in a prayer here this morning that would make your life right with Jesus Christ. It would start you off in a relationship with him. And it starts off with surrender. It starts off with telling him that here's my life, God. You do with it what you please. You're in control from this day forward. You're the boss. I follow you. You're my father. And we're going to say that prayer in a minute here. But I just want to know if there's anybody in the room that came here this morning and you're ready to take that first step to really be a Christian and to know it, to follow Jesus and to see what he could do with your life. And if that's you, I'm going to say a prayer with you. And I'm going to ask that as I say the words out loud, you would just agree in your heart with me what's going on and you would make this your heart's prayer to God because we don't want to just give lip service. God wants to know that he has a hold of your heart. So I'm going to ask that as I pray the words out loud that, that you would tell him in your heart of hearts 
that he's yours, that he's your God from this day forward and that you choose what he's offering you, this new life as a Christian. And if that's a prayer that you'd like to pray, the people seated around you have their eyes closed and their heads bowed. But if that's what you want to do, I'm just going to ask when I count to three, I'm going to count to three in a minute here, that if you want what I'm offering you, a life with Jesus Christ, you would raise your hand just to say, hey, Pastor Carl, that's me. I want to pray with you. And then we'll go ahead and we'll go through the prayer. But if that's you right now and God's tugging on your heart, when I count to three, can you just raise your hand? Here we go. One, two, three. Raise your hand. If there's anybody in the house, I see one hand right here. Praise God. Anybody else? I'm looking around. Don't, don't just hold back because this is God calling you. Anybody else in here? Unreal, Lord. Thank you for that person that raised their hand. I see another hand over here. Thank you, God. Victory, Father God. This is what it's all about, these hearts crying out to you, Lord. Thank you for these two people this morning. If that was you that raised your hand, go ahead and put your hand down. Just pray this in your heart of hearts right now. Simple prayer. God, I'm here today, and I need you, and I want you. Lord, and from this moment on, I surrender my life to you. Lord, I believe that your son Jesus came to this earth 2,000 years ago to die on that cross to pay the price for my sin. If I would choose to believe in you and follow you, Lord, then you are offering me salvation and freedom. And Lord, you're offering me a new life. You're going to give me peace and joy and excitement and purpose and mission. And Lord, you're going to change everything as I let you change my heart. Lord, then I can't help but give back to you. Lord, and I get to change this world around me through you and through what you're doing in my life. So Lord, I'm telling you yes right now. Yes to all the plans that you have for me. Lord, and I'm turning away from this world and my own thoughts and my own control. And Lord, from this moment on, I will follow you. I realize that being a Christian is not about praying one prayer. It's about planting the seed with this prayer that is going to grow as I continue to follow you, as I read your word, as I get baptized, as I, as I learn to pray and speak to you, as I let your Holy Spirit into my life to make miraculous changes, as I live my life out for you, Father God. That is what it is to be a solid, growing, and fruitful Christian. And Lord, that's what I'm telling you. That's what I want right now. Here I am, Lord. Do what you need to do in me. I follow you all the days of my life on into eternity. Thank you for being my God and for saving me and for beginning to change my life starting this moment on as I follow you. Thank you again. In Jesus' mighty name, we all said amen. And we praise God for two more people that join the family of God right now. Amen.